0: In the spirit of a good meal that lasts several hours because the talking is just as satisfying as the eating, this B-Side episode continues on the social role of food. This time, we'll hear from Maria Angelica B. America, an advocate of sustainable development who also teaches economics to senior high school and university students. She tells Business World reporter Jasperl Emerald Gitan that food is a matter of national identity.
1: food for us isn't just something we eat. We also use it as a means to bond with other people and in our culture it's central to our gatherings. Gatherings that are as small as family meals or and huge celebrations like fiestas and Christmas. How do you think food brings families and friends together?
2: Okay, I think um one thing that we uh, that we must realize about the Filipino culture is that Filipinos are inherently very um, tight-knit in terms of community. Um, We have gatherings, like you said, in all levels. We have small gatherings. It could be just between two people, family, friends, or even the entire barangay. Okay, so the bigger, the better. We like that. And I think this is something that... um, is inherent uh, in Asian culture and also in pre-colonial Philippines because we've always been um, tight-knit as a community even before the Spaniards arrived. So, I guess one thing about um, food is that it really brings people together and... Pre-pandemic, um, it brings people together in a physical space. Um, we book restaurants, we book venues in order to celebrate momentous occasions together. And it sometimes it doesn't even have to be momentous. It can simply be eating lunch together with friends in school or in the office. Um, it's it's something that it, it's a it's literally a reason to bring people together kain tayo or it could be a kwentuhan it could be um uh, celebrating certain occasions Food is a must. And um, Filipino culture in general um, binds families and friends together because um, I think it's, it's just my own opinion, but it should really be considered as its own love language because you can really show affection towards prepe- towards a certain person or certain people by preparing or sending them food. And it's always, an, like I said, an excuse to gather because we always have occasions to celebrate, be it with family, with friends, workmates, or even in the church or other organizations.
1: What do you think food symbolizes in our culture?
2: Okay, um, I think uh, food largely... Um, is tied to our identity as filipinos this is the same with other countries like say for example if you're familiar with k-dramas how kimchi soju um and other um unique korean foods um tied 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 up to their identity so similarly um Filipino food won't be Filipinos won't be the same without our food. And this is all the more something that's um observed when Filipinos leave the country or they have to leave the country um temporarily or leave their their um their region or their pro- province um temporarily or even for good. Um there are certain foods that um really identify with a certain region or a certain nation, like the Philippines. like For example, um, although rice is um, unique to Asian, I mean, not just, sorry, I, rather, rice is not unique to Filipinos because it's a very Asian thing. Um, we have made it our own by pairing it with any possible food that's unique to the region. Say, for example, pinakbet in the north. The Ilocanos take pride in their pinakbet. Um, Laing. Um, in uh, in Bicol and uh, depending on each uh, each province, these are some examples. And more often than not, these uh, these uh, food uh, items would usually be paired with rice. So that's something unique to Filipino culture. So. um... Speaking about that, um, Filipino food is also, I think, affected by uh, three centuries of Spanish colonization. So, um, how our food is, like for example, paella, something that um, was passed down to us and um, made unique by Filipinos but it's largely um, influenced by the Spaniards. Siopao um, is um, something uh, influenced by um, the Chinese. But um, because we have made it our own successfully okay, with uh, the kind of um, food preparation that's unique to Filipino, it's now at the core of our identity as Filipinos. So um, again, I'd like to stress that um, when we leave the country, we realize, oh, when I want to feel more Filipino, I will cook i will prepare or i will i will eat filipino food it helps me get in touch with my filipino identity i know because i know some people who will literally do that especially those who have not come back to the philippines for a long time they taste their their sinigang or their their tapsilog and they suddenly feel that they're in the philippines
1: all right so what do you what role do you think food plays in the way that a person is brought up
2: okay um i think uh food is uh, one of the tools, um, if, if I may call it that, um, with, uh, with how a, a parent, specifically a mom, can show affection to, to her child. Because I believe, and uh, I, it, not just believe, I know, we know that one of the first bonds between a mother and a child would, would involve feeding the child. So, um, of course, it's not food per se because it's breast milk. But that very, um, very nurturing bond is something that's eventually transformed. So, from milk, eventually um, parents can can uh, uh, feed the child the soft foods. But still, that uh, that idea that um, care is translated to feeding one's child. So it's not just the mom this time. The the dad when applicable will be involved in the in that process then eventually in the, in the ideal situation as the child grows up um he he or she comes to equate feeding or eating together for that matter um with the concept of family of togetherness of belongingness which is something like i said a while ago is inherent to us, as people, we are social beings. No man is an island. So even as Filipinos, as you grow up and you see that, oh, um, with food, um, I feel belongingness because it's something that I that that's inherent in me as a person. And you bring that with you, and hopefully because you 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 felt how it was to to receive love attention through, um being fed by your own parents this is something that you carry with you and um probably a caveat because not all moms will really be involved in the food preparation because like for example I me I don't really know how to cook but the intention of really o- overseeing how your child is fed the child will be able to connect that and then as we grow older we realize Okay, again, the connection between um, food and belongingness, hopefully being able to pass it on to other people. And we see that um, on the flip side, if you did not really grow up in a kind of environment where um, food wasn't really shared, there might be some resistance when that, uh, other people start offering um, attention to you in the, in the presence of food. You're, you're probably going to be uh, a bit aloof about it. And it might, uh, it might take time. So I guess, um, in terms of um, being being able to uh use food as a uh, means to raise a person or a, a child, um, it helps the child foster that sense of belongingness that allows the child and eventually the adult to fit in better in society. So food plays a pivotal role.
1: Alright, so what do you think, or why do you think gatherings focused on eating together? Are important.
2: Okay. Again, um this is not simply just in Filipino culture because um if you take a look at other cultures, um depending on um the kind of um gathering even the 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 kind of food served or the ambience of um the physical location might differ. See for example you can discuss a business deal over a formal dinner or you can go to a fiesta and just really um, mingle with people, especially pre-pandemic. Um, we know how different regions really celebrated um, fiestas. And it was always very bonga, very extravagant. And when we say extravagant, it's the whole nine yards from the decorations to the festivities, and food will always be part. So the the... Um, ageless lechon will be there. Your pancit and whatever delicacies is being served or are being served in the in the um province will always be there. And it's always gonna be uh, a barangay or uh, a community effort. Everyone will be bringing in, and you cannot leave the fiesta without eating in in uh, the houses of the various um people who also um. Prepared food. So now, um, why are gatherings focused on eating together? Because I believe it's very, um, we could say that food is a natural icebreaker, because right, um, especially in in, in um gatherings where people don't really know each other that well but then you eat together. So it's a natural space filler. So you're like, uh, for example, um, when we eat together, oh, uh, so you're from here and then you, you eat between bites or you you're, you're, you talk between bites or you enjoy probably um, appetizers together. So it's sort of... Um, uh, releases some of the tension that might be higher if there was not food involved there, there was no food involved so um eating together is also in all cultures even biblically speaking when when jesus broke bread so it's a sign of friendliness it's a sign of community so inevitably you show um you show the intention to get to know somebody if you want to eat with them. Which is why, um, in some cultures, um, it's, really, um, it's really business. Like, say, for example, in Korea, um, your boss can call you over and just discuss matters with you and ask you to leave. Then you're you're gonna be expected to leave without eating because it's not a very fl- friendly ambiance. It's just professional. So, okay, I'll give you a task and then you can leave because we will eat. Okay. But then, as it becomes... Um, Still for uh, professional, but at the same time, um, as tension is lower, then you begin to have team dinners, they, 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 uh, other other cultures even go um, KTV okay, or Karaoke. Okay, in our case, um, we, st- we also have our own version of team dinners, lunch outs, okay, with teams. So you maintain that sense of professionalism, but with a hint of friendliness. So, um, food allows us to get closer and closer to that bond because it's a natural icebreaker, and you start building memories, which are less about work and more about the memories that you form as you eat together. Because the stories now become also can also transform, can also transform because it it depends on who you're eating with. So, it's if if it's between friends, um the food that you eat together will also um, be what you remember when you go back to that to that experience.
1: All right. Um, sometimes we have these relatives, you know, that apo- instead of verbally apologizing, they will either offer, um, they will s- give cook you your favorite meal or buy you your favorite food. So why do you think that Food is sometimes used in reconciling with a person, instead of just saying sorry. What kind of message do you think food can convey that words cannot? Oh, okay. Um, uh,
2: so I teach—I I think I've told you this. I, I teach both university students and um, senior high school students. So um, my students have this running joke that Asian parents are never wrong. It's either you're wrong or nobody's wrong. So it's a running joke. It came from them. We laughed, we laughed about it. Um, but um, it, while, of course, more and more parents are now cognizant when they're wrong and maybe um, humble enough to admit it, let's admit that parents or not, saying sorry is difficult being humble enough to articulate that, okay, I made a mistake. That's one. I made a mistake. So therefore, this is my mistake and therefore, I'm sorry. To say those three um, sentences, okay, it's easy for me because I didn't make a mistake right now. But then, if I did make a mistake, I, I, I can admit, I, it's, it's difficult, especially if it's your, uh, versus your child. Especially if you were so confident about something that you realize in the end, Shocks, mali pala ako. So, how do you admit you're wrong? Whereas you can just opt for number one, preparing because you know it's your child or it's your friend, whoever um you you did wrong, um, you may know what that person prefers: soup, burger, um, a nice home-cooked meal, and prepare it and hope that. As you prepare it, and as Filipino moms would say, instead of saying sorry, they will say. Oh, na, ka na ng merienda. That's how they are, right? With Filipino moms. And then you, in the middle of crying, would be like, okay, I will just go. And you will have to come into terms with the fact that maybe my mom might not say sorry. But because food can be considered as an act of love because it was sincerely prepared, she might be saying sorry because she's having difficulty coming into terms with saying the words. And we have to accept that, that some people are not really comfortable. They may have their own issues in, in articulating um, certain things. And so we hope that because of our bond shared with them, there are family members, there are friends, we can accept that because if it was sincerely... Presented because especially if the person cooked for you and it was the food that you like. So we might think, hmm, parang suhol. But then still, if, it was, if it's an, an act out of love, di ba they say, parang um, the, uh, 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 the way to a person's heart is through his or her yes. stomach. So it's not just romantic. Still, if you want to reach, reach the heart of the person but you can't say sorry, maybe I can be able to show my sincerity towards something that the person will appreciate. And we, we, as people, initially we might resist that, but still, okay, it's my favorite, and she put effort. Okay, fine, we might just cave in, and I think that's that's it. The the sincerity poured into the preparation or the the thinking of which food to send, or to to give the person that in its in itself is an is a sincere gesture of affection. That sometimes not. Uh, only food can be able to to accomplish not even other gifts
1: how does food help form bonds in the workplace okay so i think i, I sort
2: of mentioned this a while back when, when we, we were talking about um food uh helping um break the ice so i think it it uh it's similar to the workplace or even in the classroom because um food is a uh, a medium to get to know a person. Say, for example, um, one of the first things that you might do when you're new in in a workplace would be, for example, if you brought food and you want to win hearts, you'd be like, oh, I bought, for example, I bought puto, do you guys want? And then people warm up to you because it's food. People will always warm up to food unless it's something exotic that, again, people won't really like eating. But, But, Typically, if it's your usual salad, like, like what I said, puto, delicacies, um, chips, and then you offer it, people would usually warm up and and, 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 and be thankful because, again, um, offering food is a sign of affection. More so, um, uh, team lunches. For example, if you're new to the office um, and people want to show you around, they will show you around. But because they know that um, eating alone will be sad, for newbies, somebody more senior might offer to eat with you. okay? And this is, again, not just in the Filipino culture. This might be something also present in other cultures, particularly the Asian ones, because Asian countries are big on community, specifically in the school, in the workplace. You don't want to be considered, quote-unquote, a loner. But of course, eventually, as you progress through time and you ha- you're, you're rushing a deadline, it's okay to eat in the desk. But... In special occasions to celebrate milestones, for example, somebody got promoted, somebody won an award, or somebody's leaving, always may pakain yan inevitably that the department who has that that um award winner or the milestone or somebody leaving somebody will really they, they will really gather together and and show solidarity for that person because um it's an additional memory once again this is food contributing to that um the bank of memories that you will always uh, look back at so you might forget specifically what food you ate but you will remember that it's a special moment because you guys ate together i feel like that because in my first job i remember we would always eat um ambers we'd always have spaghetti we'll always have peachy peachy and i knew that something was up because we usually the bosses will just order that if somebody got promoted or somebody wants something or um if we reach targets um they, they would feed us. So it, it, it makes the accomplishment even sweeter because there's food. So I guess um, going back, um, the bonds are formed because you're able to spend more time together um, sharing stories, sharing um insights
1: while eating food together in a physical space. Since the pandemic started and all these lockdowns and restrictions were put into place, we were all deprived from going to gatherings, going to classes, or reporting to the office physically. And we were even banned from seeing our loved ones in in the malls or other public places. So what do you think uh, have we lost socially? Like, how has COVID-19 hindered our social development? And how can we regain it now that the COVID situation seems to be getting better?
0: okay
2: so um good that you mentioned covid um it's really a very like what i would always tell my students um the pandemic is something that we didn't plan for i mean we were always wondering when the next one will happen because people like bill gates kept on saying that okay maybe the next one is around the corner but little did we know that it will be now. And um it sh- it shook the fabric of our society because the society is very social and we are we are always community based. A lot of the things we did, we did together. Okay, even if that together meant two or three people, it was always with someone else. A lot, of course, even if you're an introvert. I had people saying, I'm an introvert, but yes. I felt cabin fever after after the pandemic and the long lockdowns. So I guess, as I mentioned a while ago, um, food gathers people in a physical space. We did a lot of gatherings, not virtually. The idea of virtual gatherings is very foreign to us before. It was only now that we got hang of it, like meetings, for example. This would have been nice if we did this, for example, in a in a nice uh, cafe or something. But we couldn't do that because um restrictions, right? But then um because of the physical restrictions on on um large scale gather, sorry, the the restrictions on large scale gatherings, um people were restricted from making those memories together that they would have shared with food I can speak specifically for my um, students because in senior high school occasions were big on on, on, on the on occasions were uh, really part of a lot of activities that we did together so apart from the usual Christmas gatherings uh, the um, other festivities we had Chinese New Year because it was a Chinese school. Um, we would always uh, assign food for, for, for the kids and then we'll eat together in the classroom. A lot of them said that uh, it's one of the things that they miss. okay classes not so much but they miss their friends but then okay we, we, they, they're being realistic but they said but we miss eating together. It doesn't even have to be a formal program they 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 were they were okay even if they, they there wasn't really a lot of things going on as long as they got to eat bond with their friends take downtime from a very stressful academic life because they were very busy these were seniors they they, they want to experience that one last time so um that's something that that uh, covid really took away from people um the opportunity to meet together especially families with um, elders, um, they would they would really um, band together during um, Christmas season for reunions, Christmas New Year season for for reunions. They would um, catch up as a family, especially if uh, the patriarch or the matriarch was still alive. Okay, but um, for two years we didn't really have that. I mean, we tried to, but then a, a new variant kept popping up. Okay, and so. Um we lost several people um during the pandemic, and those are memories you can't get back anymore, like even if we got we we we, we return to normalcy um those lost lost opportunities will remain lost because the people we wanna spend it with would have been lost forever. so medyo sad, but then it is what it is right? that's really the nature of the pandemic. Some people are able to come out of it thankfully but we lost some very important people in our lives and um still though what, what, what uh, the promising the promising um uh realization would be the next time that we meet together um with the people who managed to make it through um we gather together in the memory of those we lost and we continue to um reminisce on the good memories that we had again, with food. So, food will remain to be pivotal in that um, reminiscent experience because, especially if it's the same food that we used to enjoy together, we'd always say, ah, favorite to ni Lolo or ni Lola. Saya, siguro, if if Lolo and Lola would be here. Siyempre sad at the start, pero when we try refocusing the memory towards, okay, but what what's our favorite memory with Lolo or Lola? Then it becomes still, um, a joyful experience despite the loss. So we recognize the loss, pero we are able to move forward with it, thankfully and hopefully with the help of food.
1: How do you think the pandemic affected the way people consumed food?
2: Oh, okay. Um, if you noticed, um, during especially the first part of the pandemic, um, pandemic one point. I mean, lock E C Q one 0, People got into trends, right? Because they were locked down. People started baking, started cooking. You know, the Delgona coffee, ube pandesal, sardo. People got into their culinaries. I didn't because I studied culinary, but then it's just a short course. But I don't, the kitchen hates me. That's me. But then everyone else got into the habit, right? If, if you noticed, people started posting their creations, got, in, got into, into the business of selling their food. But um, if you notice, um, the idea of online selling became uh, much more alive. Like a lot of online sellers, In uh, because I live in Marikina, we have a Facebook group called Marikina Eats which is like a community that supports um, small small scale um, foods, uh, food uh, sellers and then they can just for example if you're looking for Chinese food everyone who sells Chinese food can comment there so um, but, and it's gonna be delivered as opposed to before um, probably not the same number would, would, would respond because people always ate out the idea of having food delivered to you Became much more mainstream now. Uh, delivery has always been there, but admittedly, due to the physical restrictions in eating, which is only being lifted now that we're in in alert level two for the longest time, um, restaurants had to rely on on food delivery in order to survive. So their partnership with uh, with Grab, with with La uh, Food Panda, and even. Um, the idea of sending home-cooked meals to your loved ones because you can't see them, it became much more mainstream. And when when we started eating out together, the idea of eating in a buffet, which we liked as well, right? People like eating and eat all you can. At the start, um, it wasn't really... Um, encouraged because of um, uh, sanitary purposes. But, but now, it's, it's slowly returning. But still, the idea of plated food, um, which is not as fun because you want, we always want to get our own food, right? Um, in, in buffets. But then, um, the idea of um, plating food or just serving it in containers became more hygienic because it was um, safety first before um, enjoyment. But again, that's slowly being eased uh, into because we're already in alert level 2 and more people are getting vaccinated. So we're, we're getting closer to um, pre-pandemic um, protocols but still with health protocols. So yeah.
1: Right, so people became more careful about their, the way they handled food, right? Okay, so I've always been wondering about this. You know the trend mukbang, right? so it's where people watch someone eat huge or unhealthy amounts even of food and as someone who really likes food i always wondered you know why would you uh watch someone eat all that food when you could eat that yourself and like what kind of connection do you think uh, people feel towards the vlogger the food vlogger
2: okay uh we have that in common i also don't Watch because I don't know. Um, for me, um, like what you said, I, because I'm an efficient person that way. I'd rather cook my own and eat it rather than just spend like maybe an hour watching somebody eat all the food. But um, I also I I I, I took the opportunity to also ask my students because some of them watch Mukbang. I think they literally watch it because I don't know if it's a generational thing that younger people tend to. Have that connection, but according to them, um, they they um, they, uh deem it to be like what um some sort of a parasocial relationship. It's like as if you know the person. as if you're eating with the person, but you're not really eating with the person. Um, feeling that as if they they have company, okay. Um, but then especially if if, if it's food that um, uh, they really like, like say for example, um, Korean food. Like you have your ramen and then you have your fried chicken and then your odding and all those stuff. And then that, that curiosity that 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 uh continues to pique a, a person, um, could she finish the whole thing? Because remember, usually mukbangers attempt to really finish the whole thing. That's why um there's this documentary that some um, um some people who do mukbang might not have a very healthy lifestyle because um if you eat a lot now then you'd want to sort of cancel that out in another day or over exercise which also puts a a, a spotlight on the on the lifestyle of mukbangers but that's beside the point but the, the point there is um because a lot of um mukbangers feel that um maybe if i'm just eating it might not be enough to sustain an audience. Remember that they're trying to earn from this, especially if there's this is YouTube, right? So this is something that they want monetized. They add something extra. So a value added, namely the ASMR. Right? So like when when you eat, like it's it's gonna be crunchy. So it, it sorts of add that adds that um that satisfaction to the to the viewer, especially if they're using their, their headphones, which people like. Okay. Secondly, um, some mukbangers add an, an, an additional element. So if it's a parasocial relationship, they'll start telling you stories. For example, um, crime stories or horror stories or just something that they feel the viewers will enjoy extra on top of watching them eat. So it, it adds a certain level of challenge because we like viewing challenges and seeing if the person can can fulfill it. And so that that uh, those added elements um sort of um draw people closer to those who do mukbang so that's the information i gathered and I, I agree with that if especially the value added because i would usually just watch a mukbanger if there's something additional
1: you mentioned that people have been into um trends right like um ready to cook meals or learning how to to um follow a recipe. So, how do you think cooking or making food together connects people?
2: I guess uh, it's a different um ball game when you cook food because okay, it's it's one thing to eat it together. So that's memories. But then um that memory is prolonged further when you actually take part in the preparation together. So it adds an extra layer of bond, especially if the person that you're cooking it with is somebody special. Say for example, your parent, your mom or your dad, or your, your special, your significant someone. Okay, So it's a, it's a literal bonding activity, especially if you enjoy cooking, which is not me. Okay, so I think this is more of a niche activity. Everyone loves to eat, but not everyone loves to cook. in Yun yung, yung reality, right? Because it requires a certain level of precision when you're cooking. However, like what we said a while ago, um, a lot of families got into that habit. Um, I asked my students as well. They said that they got into the habit of helping their parents cook. Because they were all together for the first time in, in many years, all together, cooped up in their houses, and they were like, okay, what can we do together? We've we've cleaned cleared out our closet, we've, we've cleaned the the house, maybe we can try new hobbies. Namely, cooking food. So they started um, learning um, special dishes from their family, especially um, uh, heritage dishes. So for example, a recipe passed on from generation to generation, uh, people might start learning that. And um, talking about identity again, if it's a special dish that you prepare with special people, now when you cook it on your own, you will uh, you will remember not only the the food, not only the person you cooked it with, but the identity tied to the dish that you're cooking. Um, there will be people telling me, again, I cannot speak from experience because I don't cook, people telling me that, oh, I learned this recipe from my mom. She learned it from her, Grand from her mother, so my grandmother and I know it's not as it's not as good as my, my mom or my grandmother's um, own version but it's through the preparation of this dish that they live through the dish so the, the um, identity of um, the, the family and then the, the people who taught you how to cook it lives on so it's a legacy as well so right. yeah. So more than just a bond, it becomes a legacy.
1: This time um so you know, sometimes instead of greeting someone hello or hi, you would ask them kumain ka na ba? or have you eaten? So what kind of feeling does the question kumain ka na ba? or have you eaten give off? And do you how does it make you feel personally? Um probably uh, it it could
2: mean two things. Um uh if I know the person well and the person asks, especially if it's a family member or a dear friend, Kumain ka na ba? I know it's a sign of love, affection, because the person really concerned if I ate and probably wants me to eat already. But if it's probably in a mundane occasion and a random person is just saying, Kumain ka na ba? Probably it's still about care. But it's, like I said, a natural icebreaker. Because it's harder to ask how the person is versus simply just saying, oh, ka na ba? Oh, kain ka na. It's a, it's a natural icebreaker, warms the person up to you because you're, you're seemingly concerned and you probably are. And therefore, it can naturally lead to a more organic conversation after that. So yeah, for me, personally, if I get asked, uh, I am touched, especially if it's a loved one. And um, I, I know that it's usually more often than not a sincere act, act of, um, of trying to care about my well-being.
1: Alright, so, what do you think that says about Filipinos, you know, they like to ask, Kumain ka na ba?
2: Like what I said a while ago, um, Filipinos, we tend to not be very expressive in certain ways. Like, say for example, saying sorry a while ago, right? We discussed it. When we say sorry, we don't usually say it as it is we say it through food. Okay. So same with with um showing affection for a person even if it's not somebody very close to you as opposed to just simply saying um oh ano kumusta ka na especially if it's not somebody close to you. The easiest way to go is to just say oh kumain ka na ba or tara kain na tayo. If you say it that way, um kain na tayo, it even adds another layer of affection because it's communal. You're you it, it's invitational. You're trying to include the person. So again, going back to that idea of the sense of belongingness. You're sort of, um, uh, imbibing that through the use of food. So food as a tool, but also, um, not being very cheesy about it. Nah, alika na ano if if you're not close to the person, but if you're close to the person, um, it's a of course an act of love because you're um really asking the person to eat with you, um, but also um, it's one of the many ways to you for you to show love, so it could go both ways.
1: Why do you think that sometimes food can make people feel nostalgic? Okay, um,
2: I guess um, tied. Uh, tied to the idea of um making memories together, um with special people at that. Um, when food is shared, it's usually um with people that you're comfortable enough to share food, especially if it's a conversation. So, it, um, typically these are people that you um share stories with and therefore share memories with. Such that um a lot of people became nostalgic when covid first hit us and we had to be subjected to extreme um physical uh, restrictions and people always wondered could i eat again with people i care about a lot i i think a lot of ads came out like that that People were, people were being very nostalgic about a time that was lost. And more often than not, the time that was lost, memories that were lost because of the pandemic, would al- almost often involve sharing special food with special people. So nostalgic in a sense that um, important experiences usually um, take place um, in the presence of food. Okay, once wedding, for example, if you get if you get married, um, of course the uh, uh, the sacrament is important, the the wedding ceremony. But a lot of people would always enjoy it double, not because of the program, but if you serve good food. Okay, so, people would remember that ah, masarap yung nyo yun, nung kasal nyo. Thank you. As opposed to just, naku, oh, ginutom tayo nyan. 11 o'clock yung kasal to, o'clock na tayo kumain. Some people are like that. So, um, that's why my, 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 one of my, my best friends got married last week. They were very particular that, when, because the, the, the actual program began at 2. The marriage, the, the wedding happened from 11 to 12. Um, they made sure that by 12 o'clock, when people arrived in the recep- re- reception, food was already gonna be served before the program. Because they recognized that they would hate us if the program was nice, but if we didn't feed them. And they really served good food. So, um, tying that to the idea of nostalgia, um, if these important um events are served with great food, when you look back in the events, you remember... Oh, it was really a nice event because it's per, it, it's it's eh when you taste food it ad it amplifies the experience, right? As opposed to mag, maganda yung kasal pero yun nga pangit <laughs> Kumalala masyado. It's 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 really um intuitive with Philip with with me with people, not just Filipinos. And like I said, siguro let's, as a last point for that. Um if you shared food with certain people, special people and they're no longer with you um I, I can I can say from my own personal experience. Um my father-in-law, so the, the dad of my husband, we lost him to COVID last year. So I'm one of those people. But then um my mother-in-law still opted to ask us to to um celebrate his birthday and prepare all, all his favorite dishes. And, and then we, we asked her, Sure ka ba? Kasi baka maiyak ka, ganyan, ganyan. And then she said, It's what tatay would have wanted. Because he'd want us to gather, celebrating him, his memories, through the food that he liked. So that's what we did. And we did really remember him. So it was nostalgic.
1: What's your favorite memory that involves food?
2: Um honestly uh we are one of the we are one of those families who didn't really fuss over certain food because um unlike other families the bigger families i lost my dad at a young age um so we didn't really um have a lot of big gatherings but um my favorite memory like i said would involve um, something that was shared um, with someone who's not here anymore, like my, my dad when when my dad was still alive he and I would usually cook merienda together, and one of the usual meriendas that I still know how to cook, because it's the only one is scrambled egg, di right? ba? so scrambled egg, that very simple so you'd realize, bakit yun? so, but then, because it was simple, yet um something that I shared with a loving figure, loving authority figure in my life, which is my father, until now, when you ask me, literally, that's the first thing. I shared a lot of meals with so many people, much better than scrambled egg. But because it was shared with a special person, it's the most memorable. So it's great, and of course, yeah, it's it's, it's great food um, that can define a great memory but it could also be the other way around that it might be simple food but if it's shared with great company prepared with great company you will always go back to that memory and that's that's beautiful it's the power of food
1: so it's not the how grand it doesn't matter how grand the meal is as long as it's shared with someone you care about that's what makes it special right Okay, um, thank you so much for sharing all of the, for sharing your insights and also for sharing your experiences.
0: Thank you so much. And that concludes another B-Side episode. Once again, you heard Maria Angelica B-America, an advocate of sustainable development, speaking with Business World reporter Jasper Emerald G-Tan. As we've learned in this episode and the previous one, food is not just survival. Food is sustenance. It is identity. It is family. It is community. It is memory. This episode was recorded remotely in February 2022. It was produced by Gino D. Nicolas and me, Sam L. Marcello. Thanks for listening.